0: Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And and you and you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and at TikTok at hold up podcast. And uh and you can join our Patreon at hold no at patreon.com slash hold up where we have fun uh, bonus episodes. And Carrie's going to create some sort of holiday movie bracket. That's going to be fun on my to-do list. Look, and I have a slow week at work. Well, I have to do like business development stuff, but like actual legal work. So I'm planning to do it this week. It's right there. It says Christmas your, bracket. Your to-do list stresses me out. Why? Because I'm not gonna coded. A number one, but also because I'm not convinced you do it. <laughs> Rude. Look, look at all these things that are crossed out my procrastination queen. From last week. I'm so proud of you Carrie what did we watch this week <laughs> we watched Death Becomes Her I find you yelling it's which awesome. came out in 1992 and stars Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn and Bruce Willis and Isabella Rossellini Isabella Rossellini and I think it was directed by Robert Semeckis sure was I don't know who wrote it though David Kep and Martin Donovan. I don't know who they are. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis. Carrie, who is Robert Zemeckis? He's like He's, a big time Hollywood director. You know, yeah, like, why? I, what has he directed? Castaway is the thing that sticks in my mind. But like, did he even? I don't know. I don't know that he did. That's so weird that like, Castaway <laughs> is what sticks in your mind. and I don't even. I'm not. Yeah, he did. He did in fact right. Why do I remember that, that? makes sense to me, but also there's a very famous movie he directed. Well, I mean, Castaway is famous. No, it's bigger than Castaway, although it has the same star, and it's known for its visual effects, much like this movie we watched. Um, Forrest Gump. He directed Forrest Gump. Oh, sure, sure. In Polar sure. Express. Um... um. And Back to the Future. Yes, Robert Zemeckis is... And Flight, which is also Tom Hanks. Isn't Flight... No, Flight is um, Denzel Washington. Oh, you're right. I'm thinking of what's the one where they land on the Hudson? Sully. Yeah. Um... All this to say, Robert Zemeckis is known for his groundbreaking visual effects, and while this movie (laughs) movie looks quite silly, I do think it was groundbreaking at the time. Yeah. What... Is Death Becomes Her about? Death Becomes Her is about two women, Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep, who have a essentially lifelong rivalry. And in their adulthood, it centers on Bruce Willis, which is wild. Um what do you it's wild. Bruce Willis is a fox. But in this movie, he's like nerdy, dude. You know, I don't know. Like I just was like, <sighs> Sorry, do you prefer a Balding Bruce Willis? Um they have this lifelong rivalry. It revolves around Bruce Willis. He, Meryl Streep steals him from Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Meryl Streep is like a an actress. Uh, she is. She's an actress. Um, kind of like headed toward washed up, but not quite there yet. Um,
1: and, he's and like Goldie Hawn
0: has like a mental breakdown. Like gets admitted to a an institution, and decides she's gonna like seek revenge. On Meryl Streep. Goldie um, Hawn for the first time is this movie is dowdy, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen because like stop trying to make Goldie Hawn dowdy, you know? Wild, yes. Um, they put her in a fat suit and she has a bunch of cats and, and I said, "That this is me. This is me. <laughs> Ultimately, they both end up taking this po- potion that makes them young forever. Given to <laughs> them by Isabella Rossellini. Um, Isabella Rossellini gives them the potion. And yeah, it's basically about like and then they can't die. And they can't oh, die. because Goldie Hawn and Bruce Willis come up with a plan to kill Meryl Streep, but then she can't die. Right, but then neither can Goldie Hawn. Because Goldie Hawn has also um, taking the potion. Twist. Goldie Hawn has also taken the potion. I mean, it's all about like, how trying to preserve your youth is futile and stupid. Um, yeah, this is a feminist masterpiece. <laughs> it is a feminist masterpiece. I don't know that I've ever seen the first, like, I only remember the like whole like I've only remember the stuff that happens like in the mansion yeah like, did we I only think watch I, parts of this movie as children I, think I, didn't, I, I didn't even remember see... that it was a potion it was just like the that bag. I remembered but like I truly think I've only I've seen the last like 45 minutes to an hour of this movie a hundred times and I've never seen the first hour we used ever. to watch this a lot as children it's not really child appropriate it's very graphic but we loved it as children no I, it is not child appropriate. It's not a rom-com. Um, it's the start of spooky season. Yes, it is. Because it's like, will they end up in Bruce Walls? No, not really. But um, um, It's, a it's definitely comedy. a comedy. Yeah. I um, found it incredibly funny. Kiri, this is where I want to ask you. Uh, what do you think this got on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, I suspect that this movie was deeply misunderstood in its time and got like a, I don't know, 45 maybe. 55. All right. All right, this feels, side of 50. Yeah, but that feels crazy. I also, I said to yeah. Ben as you we were watching it, I was like, you have to, like, older movies get lower Rotten Tomatoes scores because there's longer time for people to critique them. Yeah, and I would not be surprised if, one, I think you're right, I think it's probably misunderstood, but two, I bet a lot of that is people, like, critiquing it now and being like, the special effects look terrible. And it's like, yeah, because it's 2023. Like, yeah, if 1992, it's fucking groundbreaking. Yeah. Um. Why do you think it was misunderstood? Um, I mean, so, like, I was eight in 1992, or six in 1992. So, like, fuck if I know, like, what the cultural zeitgeist was like. But this is about <laughs> unlikable women being unlikable. Yeah, they both suck. It's awesome. Um, I won't be them. <laughs> and the man is not particularly swoony or likable um no he sucks he's planning to kill his wife he's then he's like the more sympathetic character yeah he has like a bit of a redemption arc and i like it i like like his he then has the option to drink the potion and basically is like no i don't like living forever sounds fucking terrible like basically you just live and then everyone you love dies and you just keep going which side note i thought about that about grandma Ellen this week and mom's like she doesn't do much she's lonely everyone's dead and i was like oh yeah maybe she took the potion because she still looks great um anyway yeah but he's not like he's not like hot like action hero he's bruce not, willis he's not right he's not diehard bruce willis in this he's like nerdy frumpy bruce willis it's interesting Um, that they either like had him grow out what he could of his hair which is possible like he in those days had like a buzz cut and could probably have grown out like some thinning hair or put a piece on him to make him look less attractive that we were like no bald bruce Willis is right yeah um that is funny um so it's about unlikable women being unlikable and crazy and it's very weird and campy um and there isn't really a romantic plot yeah they're just like fighting over and it's about the ways in which women in particular although everybody to some extent but like women in particular are encouraged by society to go to insane lengths to preserve their youth and that their value because both women are treated better are more successful um, or like achieve success at all once they are like meet society's beauty standards Um, well and like again, like Bruce Willis is dowdy the whole time like he never drinks the potion he never turns into hot Bruce Willis and yet he's still able to have these two objectively beautiful women fighting over him yeah so i just i suspect that like some of that may have gotten lost on i think it could have gotten lost on a 2023 audience so i definitely think it might have gotten lost on a 1992 audience um i also feel like this movie has gained popularity as it's aged like i think it's aged incredibly well and with the exception of a couple of things um and I think it's got like some level of a cult following at this point. And also, you, know, you like, said the girls, the gays, and the theys still love this movie. It's very campy. So it's very, yeah. you know. I saw a there, tweet. I had written down like Erica Jane modeled her look after uh, Meryl Streep in this movie. Same. I said, Do you think Erica Jane is doing Madeline Ashford cosplay? I do. And then like, I, I actually write I down to do. like down to the wannabe Broadway career. Yes, like I genuinely do, but then I also saw a tweet the other day, a purpose of and it was like a picture of Erica Jane in the new season of Beverly Hills, and a picture of her from last season, and it said like, Madeline Ashford, uh, before and after she takes the potion and death becomes her, and which like, it, you know, maybe it's just my phones are always listening, and so that's, so we, you know, I'm seeing death becomes her tweets, because we, I watched death becomes her this week, but I also just think that like, it just still, it's also October, and it's spooky season, but I also just think that it like still maintains relevance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly among the girls, the gays, and the days, because this was I a man who tweeted this, and since it was about Bravo, I'm going to make an assumption that it was a gay man. Um, yeah. She, I realized, like, Erika Jean looks so much like Madeline Ashford, right down to the, like, you know, mm, weird-ass Broadway career. Um, <laughs> uh, Except that Meryl Streep is hotter than erica jane and i uh-huh. i need to believe a better person since i do think erica jane is a monster um allison why do you like what what were your thoughts about this movie I, one thought it was like i was shocked by the rotten tomato store i thought this was one of those movies it was like we all agreed was 90 you know <laughs> um I loved it. I found it delightful. I found it funny. I found it campy and weird. Um, I think the message is very clear. Because then so like uh, Bruce Willis's character is a former plastic surgeon who has become a mortician. And so they want to keep him alive forever. And so he like sprays, he like makes their dead bodies appear alive. And so they want him to take the potion so that he can keep them looking beautiful. um, They're now uh, endless lives. And, like, at the end, and it obviously doesn't happen, he escapes, he, they, they're, like, later in the year, in the year 2029, where where no, everyone is still dressed, like, it's 1992, but in the year 2029, they are at Bruce Willis's funeral, and uh, he, like, escaped, he married someone, he had kids, he seems to have lived a happy life, and then died a happy man. And they yeah. are then revealed to be like crumbling because they're trying to keep their appearance together. And it's like, oh, they did all this and they still have to go to great lengths to keep their appearance together. And they still, well, they are still look like women in their 30s or 40s or whatever they were at the time. Their like skin is peeling. It's like they it it was all for nothing. They still look disgusting because yeah. they're rotting corpses. At which point yeah. I said, wouldn't they smell? They must smell. I terrible. have so many questions about the logistics of this Um, at the end. I've always like the end haunts me, literally haunts me. Like when they, when their bodies, when they fall downstairs and their bodies all fall apart. Yeah. So like at the end, they it. fall down the stairs and like their bodies like fall into a million pieces. And then like the closing joke is Han being like, "Do you remember you parked the car?" Very funny. And I get that it's supposed to be like a joke and it's camp and it's whatever. But literally, my entire like since I saw this movie the first time, that ending has haunted me because all I can think about is everyone leaving the funeral and seeing. All of these body parts like scattered across the floor. And I'm just like, I don't how do you get out? of... Like, how did they get out of this one? Because they can't put each other back together. Right. Although so when Meryl Streep falls down the stairs when she first dies, when she falls down the stairs earlier and her body's all mangled and her head's twisted around. She I does hate like that part. I, I hate know, it. I, I can't watch that. it. When her when she like uh is on the phone and behind her, but in the shot behind him is her like legs twisting back around and it's so gross and so funny. So maybe they have a way to like scooch themselves back together and then she has to like twist her head back on, right? Yeah, I mean, the physical comedy that Meryl Streep is doing is It's physical comedy slash visual effects. Yes. Again, and now it looks very like, it's It's supposed to be silly, but it also looks like the visual effects are very outdated.
1: But at the time... Although they
0: weren't as bad as I would have expected no like i mean i watched the first episode of the new season of loki and those visual effects were like worse than this um yeah i mean the physical comedy and the visual effects like together are like just a masterclass. i feel like in terms of like physical comedy but there, there's something about like her neck and her head it just it like is it's what it's like it's like I it's cannot. like twisted around a couple times so it's all like twisty it looks like gum it's so gross it's like and why did we watch there, this has, like, as children, children. Our parents like the one I, where her head is back it's like I, awful i hate it um our parents had absolutely no context of what movies we should or should not be watching <laughs> no um I will say about that musical at the beginning. So the opening is that like Meryl Streep's in this musical and it's really terrible and everyone hates it except for Bruce Willis. And he's, he's there with her. Goldie Hawn, who's like her friend and he's obsessed with her or whatever. And she's daddy because she has bangs. <laughs> and like the little piece of the musical we watched, like it wasn't great. But like people are like I'm getting up and leaving the musical and being like, can you believe what happened to Madeline Ashford? She's such a. She's such a disgrace now, and I'm like, yeah. They're oh. like, like, leaving an intermission. And I'm like, you bought a Broadway ticket, and you're gonna like, unless I'm offended, I'm not leaving an intermission, or unless what? you're jacking off your date and you're asked to leave. Well, sure. I've been in that theater twice. Um, I thought you were you jacked off your date. I was like, Gary, you can't do that. No. no, but I've seen two different shows in that theater where Lauren Bobert gave that guy a hand job. Um, what was the theater? It's like the Denver performing arts center it's like the main oh i don't know why i thought was... in denver that makes sense uh, um don't check off. anyway my point being i was just like i don't because then we see like a full scene from the musical and i was like am i missing something like this oh, is not bad, bad like it's not terrible you know maybe it was I'm misunderstood in its it. time and now it's a cult music, much like this movie <laughs> right now everyone is seeing songbird the play within death becomes her uh-huh. um i'm gonna have to now this is gonna be i haven't seen this movie since we were children and now it's gonna be one of those movies where i'm like i have to watch this once a year my new fall roster is practical magic uh nightmare before christmas <laughs> and death becomes her what nice. about a hocus pocus you don't have a hocus pocus on your oh sure uh, an uh, hp rotation? sure sure Um hocus pocus not harry potter because you're wondering, right? Meryl and Goldie were both 44 when this movie was made. No, uh, Goldie Hawn, I looked it up, Goldie Hawn is slightly older than Meryl Streep. Oh, maybe by like a year. But they were both Couple like years. mid-40s. Yeah. Yeah, when they're wash-up actresses, I looked it up and I was like, oh, we're, they're our contemporaries Man, I was like, they're, they're only slightly older than we are when their lives are over because yes. they're ugly and no one wants them anymore. Also, I mean, like... Uh, Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn are really good actors. It's such a dumb conversation to have. Like, it does feel stupid to talk about. But, like, listen to our podcast for the just really groundbreaking take. Hot take. Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn are great actors. Hot take. But it is, it's like, they're both so. Part of me was like, maybe Goldie Hawn doesn't get enough credit because. No. I mean, Goldie Hawn is one of our greatest living comedians. She'll probably be... uh, I don't think she gets enough comedic credit. Hold on. I think that's true of B-dubs, too. Um, I just ordered those like alcohol-free cocktails that keep getting advertised to me on Instagram. Why? Are you going sober? No, I'm not going sober. Listen. I'm not going sober. Listen. Listen, Linda. What the fuck just happened? Um... No, I'm not going sober. I'm not going to, like, stop drinking. But there are definitely, particularly weeknights where I'm, like, I could use, like, you know, something. Like a like a nice drink or, like, just a something to unwind with. But, like, I don't really want to have a drink. Like, sure. I don't want to feel like I've had a drink. The recess so, ones? You get the recess ones? No, so I ordered Curious Elixirs. Interesting. Maybe I'll start drinking, like, CBD bevies at night. Well, these also, they don't have CBD, but they do have, like other shit in them that are that's supposed to like help you hey internet sponsor us give us send us some send non-alcoholic some CBD drinks cbd or other relaxing night drinks and we will try them and you can sponsor our podcast yeah we'll talk and about fun. yeah this is not spawn we are not above accepting spawn no. um anyway anyway um, we were saying Meryl Streep is an underrated comedic actress. I say Goldie Hawn is an underrated everything actress, but also she's not underrated. She's just, it's sort of like, we're all like Meryl Streep is the greatest of all time, which is true, but it's also like, Goldie Hawn deserves some of that recognition. Also, you know, who's very funny? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Yeah. I yeah. love Bruce Willis. Uh, Like one of my favorite childhood movies is Armageddon. And I think what's happening to him right now is very sad. And I think about, uh, his deteriorating mental state all the time and it makes me sad because i love Pris- yeah and he it so makes talented. me sad for um like for his family in particular he also has uh, like little kids like yeah like not that i'm not also sad for his grown adult children but like when you're a grown adult child you expect your parents to start having some but like he's he has low little wants yeah yeah it anyway. is. it's very sad and um it's always sad when like well, anybody. I mean, you don't have to be talented for, like, that to happen to you and be sad. But it's sad when somebody You can talented, too. Like, you know, something keeps them from continuing to, like, create because... Well, and he you was know, exploited... Like, well, we don't, and we don't for, get that art. And he's... You know, all the movies he made more recently all suck because he was being exploited for... He was being exploited by a shitty evil producer. Um yeah randall emmett who's most Mm. recently seen on uh man rules is it like a bc list movie producer and had convinced the allegations allegedly 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 are that he knew of bruce willis's deteriorating mental state and he used that against him to get him to agree to do these movies and everyone was like why is bruce willis making like such shitty b-list action movies and like because you know how sometimes, I think, like, Nicolas Cage is famous for this, like, good actors will make, like, terrible action movies, and it's like, what do you have gambling? Like, Nicolas Cage has, like, gambling debts or whatever, so he has to make movies. The court has all... ordered him to literally take, like, every job he can. Because Right. And so people were like, seat. is that yeah. what's happening with Bruce Willis? And the answer is no, it was just, like, he was being manipulated to agree to these m- movies um, so that this, they could be, like, we're starring Bruce Willis, and he mm. didn't have the mental capacity to like it's it's just like real ableist and shitty and fucked up. Anyway, yeah. Bruce Willis is very funny in this. And I think like and I I'm often not d- even forget that Bruce Willis is funny because he's like action hero to me. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah I think actor- that he was he's so like in our brains as action hero guy um that we forget that he has like this other side to him. I mean, he was very funny in this, and very like chaotic and manic, and like. And he plays like sad nervous. and pathetic. Yeah, and, like, it was like it. Like I, I have sort of remembered what the character was, and I was like, I can't imagine this as Bruce Willis. Like in my head, it's Rick Moran. Yeah, because it's. I so, mean, yeah, it's so good and so like not Bruce Willisy. Yeah, at least in like the way we think. I don't know. I just. The three of them are so, so funny. And I. And they all played so well together. Like it didn't matter what the like pairing was. I had one thing that I had kind of forgotten is I think because I'd like never really seen the first hour of this movie or not as much as I'd seen the second hour of this movie, is I thought that like Han and like Goldie Han and Meryl Streep were together and like teamed up. For against longer, him i did too then then they are it's really only like the last maybe 30 minutes of the movie yeah i think this movie must have played on tv alone when we were kids and so we always just saw that part yes um and so like that was kind of disappointing to me not because like it's a disappointment in the movie but just because like my expectations were different or my memory was different mm-hmm. The um, hole in the stomach, I have such, like, a visual, like, the image that stuck with me is the hole in Goldie Hawn's stomach when Meryl Streep shoots her. And, yeah. I, like, that came so much later in the movie. not Yes. Yeah, I'd That's- same. Um, yeah, I had remembered that, like, Goldie Hawn was there when Meryl Streep, like, first falls down the stairs. I had forgotten the whole like, hospital sequence where, like, Sydney Pollack shows up. Um... He's the doctor
1: uh, who then dies
0: because he's so shocked that there's a dead body. He's so shocked, yes. Um, uh, so that was, I wanted more like Hawn and Streep together. I and let, Like, get them in a movie now. Take right. my money. I'll, I don't care what Give it is. Give them a buddy cop comedy. Like, or buddy. We don't do cops anymore, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. We started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine in this house the other day. Oh, but I mean, I know, but also like, it's so fucking good. Brooklyn nine nine like at its best is we haven't gotten there yet, but I had to show Ben the um cold open the I want it that way cold open just so he' you know, never seen Brooklyn. I was like, I just need you to be ready to know this is coming. I need you to know this is yes. funny. um oh. this is a shout out to your friend Erica Jafrutti, but the uh, um Sterling K Brown episode is, I think one of the best edited like half hour sitcom episodes I've ever seen ever Erica is the was the post producer on the at least back half of Brooklyn Nine-Nine um, she did not edit it but she did oversee the editing oh well there's an editor shout out to the whole she's scene. not an editor but she is a post producer which means she I don't know it does a lot of work Um. whenever well, I see her working I'm always like this is so much work and typing um, and emailing she has multiple screens, you know? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm just saying it like Sterling K. Brown and Andre Braunner? I don't know. Brawner and Andy Sandberg are all doing excellent comedic work in that episode, but whatever went on in post, like, is what made it brilliant. It was probably Erica Fruity. Yeah. So anyway. Anyway. If you need a good oh, half-hour nice. TV, go watch that episode. Uh, okay, so we've talked about Bruce Willis and Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. I feel like we need to talk about Isabella Isabel- Rossellini. Isabella Rossellini. And how fucking hot she is in this she movie. She was also in her 40s or something in this movie. The joke is that, like, look, is she the same age as Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn? I think so. I think they're all contemporaries. Okay, I buy that. Um, I looked it up while I was watching it, but I watched this movie on, like, Monday, so who- I'm not going to remember. I mean, I understand that, like, if your mother is Ingrid Bergman, you what? have good genetics. Today I learned. Oh, yeah. Isabella Rossellini's mother is Ingrid Bergman. Uh, um, Isabella Rossellini is 71. Okay, so she's a little bit, she's not much, but she's, like, a couple years younger. Meryl than... Streep is 74. They're the same age. Yeah. And I think Han's, like, 77. Like, they're all within a couple years of each other. That um, Goldie Hawn was such a fox. She is 77. Oh, she's been married, well, married twice with Kurt Russell for. Who is Gus Tricanis? The answer is Goldie Hawn's first husband. Great, right. Not the parent of either Hudson child. No, then she was married to Bill Hudson, the parent of both Hudson children, although. Not that they were. Not recognize. on father's story. Yeah. Uh, and she's been with Kurt Russell since 1983, and they have one child. And on Father's Day, uh, Kate Hudson and the brother talk about Kurt Russell. So, well, how old were they when like he came into their lives? I mean, how uh, they got married, and, or they it's didn't get married. They've been um, together since 1983. Yeah. Kate Hudson was born in 1984. Yeah. Oliver, Oliver, Oliver Hudson, Hudson was is, like six. Yeah. Wait, which I meant is Bella Rostalini. Isabella Rossellini. Oh, wait. Who's just of all, naked this whole wait, movie. It's great. First of all, just that outfit, right? But She's that outfit, wearing, like in chains addition over her to the end of this movie being burned in my brain at an early age and, like, haunting me since childhood, that outfit was burned in my brain at an early age. And to me, it was the epitome of sexy. Yeah, it's, like, it's that. Still... That outfit was, like. Like, when I imagined what a, se- like, what being sexy as a grown-up looked like, it was that. It was Isabella Rossellini in that skirt and, like, necklace that covered her titties. It's just a necklace. What if I do that for Halloween this year? Oh, my God. Just stunning. I go to um, the boys' birthday in my Isabella Rossellini cosplay. Yeah, no, my in-laws won't question that at all. Um I mean, Carrie, what are you gonna do, you know? Uh, that, to me, was, like, the epitome of of beautiful sexiness was it Isabella still russell is in this movie but I yeah but i'm just saying like that sh- her character in this movie shaped me shaped my understanding of desirability that's all i'm saying <laughs> you've just been trying to find that top ever since <laughs> basically i've been trying to be is a bella russell can't you tell don't i look like her right now um you do look low. Um, I always Thanks. think of the episode of Friends that Isabella Rosalind is in where she tells Ross that she has a list of goofy coffeehouse guys she's allowed to have sex with, but she just bumped in for that guy over there. <laughs> I mean, I talk about probably, a, a classic the Rosaline. Um, um, Yeah. There are some very good, many little details in this movie like after um, like later when they first see Goldie Hawn and she's out of the fat suit because she does wear a fat suit uh, after she goes crazy and she gets a bunch of cats. But when we she's all like the fat suit. she's all like sexy in her dress. Um at one point like, she like still has a little bit of lipstick on her teeth. And I like the nod to that she is still a little bit like the dowdy lady is in there somewhere yeah. begging yeah. to come out. Um, um yes, at one point they have her in a fat suit and she hasn't paid rent in a long time and she has a lot of cats. We didn't need the fat suit. I mean, that's the bottom line is like anytime you put a thin actor in a fat suit, you don't need it. It's no. stupid. Like you're just You're just being fat phobic. You're just punching down, and it does not further the storyline at all. You know what else I've discovered? Fat suit technology has not gotten better since 1992. (laughs) Like it always looks bad, and in the way that like the special effects in this movie are like okay, they're dated, but at the time are really good. It's like that's still how a thin actor looks in a fat suit today. It's just stupid. Yeah, it's just stupid. And like we already knew she was dowdy. We knew like because in the beginning she's thin, like she has the bangs. We know she's dowdy. We know that. Meryl Streep steals her boyfriend's, has always. We like we then we cut to like her mental breakdown, and her apartment is like, it, uh, 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 awful, gross. It's gross. Like she's living in filth. Um, she has so many cats, and I Again. don't mean that like in a in a like immoral way like i'm just saying like like there were lots of visuals and things that happened that clued us into her mental state we you don't need like you don't, you don't need, need to need to connect, add like, a fat suit fatness to a mental breakdown yeah like that's just gross or it's like grossness gross. or it. cat ladyness, or i don't know like why is cat lady also yeah it's just not it's just it's just really and it just is so that that was the one piece that i felt like aged so poorly although uh, they would do it in the remake yeah which is also gross um because again i'm watching brooklyn 99 and like episode two is just uh, jake Peralta making a series of fat jokes because a fat man has died i did think so like at one point uh early on goldie hawn was like i don't introduce her to my boyfriends because like she steals them. Like, this is a test. Like, are you gonna fail the test? And I was like, What a great test. Like, get a hot friend, introduce every person you date to that hot friend. And then if they like show interest in the hot friend, you're like, bye. Yeah. Boy I bye. It. I do it. Do you? I don't know. I, have, I, I do it naturally because all my friends are so hot. There you go. Um, all yeah. your hot friends are also married. All of my friends are married. <laughs> Okay, well that's what I'm saying. Still show interest. And and FaceTime female riding a bike yesterday. <laughs> what? Because she wanted to, she and Tim bought a house and she wanted to show me how close um their new house is to our old house. And she says she keeps being like, This is so exciting. I'm gonna live just up the street from the Gilberts, and then being like, That's not accurate. They don't live there anymore. But so no. she rode her bike from the Longwood house to their new house. And I was like, the fact that you were face rubbing me on a bike is giving me, like, such severe anxiety. All right. I have nothing else to say about Death Becomes Her. It's a really good movie. Really good. I really enjoyed watching it last night. I wish I'd had a Curious Elixir to drink with it because I was not feeling a drink. But, like, it would have been nice to unwind with, like, something fun while I watched Death Becomes Her. Curious Elixirs sponsor us. Um, Stop giving them free promo. They have to pay us for this. It's not free promo. I haven't tried it yet. I ordered it. I'll let you know. Um, hey, yes, and she'll she'll say it's great, whether it is or not. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm gonna give an honest review. Um, yeah, this is a good movie. Wait, it was great. I don't know anything else to say. What? are oh, it's spooky season. So, what are we doing next? This was our first spooky seas. Um. I don't next know. week we are watching, or in two weeks we are watching Casper. Oh. Love it. I'm worried about my adult reaction to child Devin Sawa because as a child my reaction to child Devin Sawa was intense. I don't think I'm going to be attracted to him because he is a child. I'm attracted to adult Devin Sawa because he looks sure. road hard and put away wet. And <laughs> Allison. <laughs> he does. He looks like he's like all like wrinkled and, and like he's lived a life and I find that very attractive. Fair. Um Anyway, join us in two weeks for Casper. Join our Patreon, and you can hear what do we just do? What did we? Little just Italy. Do? Literally yesterday, we recorded it yesterday. I've already forgotten it. Um, you said yesterday when we talked about it, you were like, "I will forget that I have watched." Immediately this forget. Um, it was terrible, but we had a fun Patreon talking about just how terrible it is. Um, so join our Patreon for that. Um, and also other fun stuff. We have other. We have another Patreon coming up soon. What is it? I don't know. Oh, warm bodies. Thank you. Bye.